Good afternoon and welcome to Auto Retail Live, uh, the next in our series of profit briefings in partnership with Rapid RTC. And today, of course, a very memorable day. The 23rd of March 2020 was the day in which the UK went into lockdown. And today is a day of remembrance in the UK to remember all those uh, who've been lost to COVID. It's therefore a really important opportunity for us to look ahead to the reopening of automotive retail across the UK. And as part of our webinar today, we're taking an international perspective, looking at the opportunities um, to learn from others in automotive retail around the world. An exciting panel. We are traveling across the world to Canada, where we will meet Steve Chipman from the Birchwood Automotive Group in Winnipeg. Uh, we travel across the Irish Sea to meet Jonathan Mead uh, from Hutton and Mead. And we welcome back uh, familiar faces to the Auto Retail Live briefings, Dash Gupta, Chief Executive of Marshall, and Pontus from Rapid RTC. Questions and comments are the lifeblood of this uh, conversation, so please do feel free to enter your comments and questions uh, on the webinar, and Tristan uh, Young, your editor, will filter the comments through to us online. So let's get underway, and I think we will start um, Across the pond, we'll head to Canada and we say a very good morning and good afternoon to Steve Chipman from the Birchwood Automotive Group. Steve, do you mind just giving us a flavor about your business, sort of uh, where you are, the kind of size of dealership, and, th and then we'll talk about what you've been through the last year. Uh, good morning, good afternoon. Uh, thanks, Alec. We are a um, privately owned group, about 25 dealerships in the Winnipeg area, which is right in central Canada. Uh, we're a city of 750,000 people. We have about 25% of the market. Uh, we represent most brands. Um, and uh, we are not quite into the third um, wave yet. So we are in a, in a what we call zone red here, and we have limited access into our dealerships. We're not in the shutdown mode that's going on in England right now. And what you been how's how's operations been over the last year because yes we'll, we'll talk about the difference um in kind of lockdown but have, but have you been able to operate with test drives and through servicing and face-to-face -face visits and so on uh we have uh we were in a, a lockdown in in um, april may last year and we came out of that and we learned a lot uh we talked about adapting and adopting I said at the time, guys, we're going to be a better company. This is going to be tough. We're going to come out of this a much stronger and better company. I think we have. Test drives in Canada are different than, the US, than in, the, in the UK, in part because you don't have to put any money down. So we've been doing lots of uh, taking cars to people's homes and, uh, and allowing them to drive. There's a big sanitation process. But we're almost, I won't say back to complete normal. But what we found when we came out, of a lockdown is a, a surge in business uh, for a number of reasons. But uh, uh, our factors uh, in our service departments have been hurt a little bit because uh, people are driving less and we've had an exceedingly mild winter, so there's less accidents and, and less driving. So we're, um, we're, we're getting back to normal. What would you say your learnings have been from uh, from this experience? And you've taken a very positive approach there, saying, "Look, we'll come out better and stronger." So, what have you changed? What What are the practical things that you've done differently? Well, we've cut our advertising a whole bunch, um, and you know, I've been every every general manager I know is smarter than me in advertising, and everyone's an expert in advertising, and they want to advertise 
and I've been trying to, and we were not as, maybe I shouldn't be, I should have been more forceful earlier in my career, but what we learned was we saved about 20% advertising. We're just purely social media now. We drop everything on TV, print, radio. Uh, we're just running out a few contracts, but we've changed that completely. We also found that um, in most cases, we had a problem somewhere. I call it a process problem, and we put a people bandage to it. So things were great. We're going along, uh, and, and for whatever reason, we had some sort of problem, we'll hire another person. We've come out with a, a drop in our employment by about 10% of our staff, and we found that we were doing much more with less. So that's one of our, our, um, our themes this year is to drive value, find, find where we can save, where, where can we get some value in our organization. And have you seen any behavior change in the consumer? So are you seeing more online as a result of that, or is it just um, change the way that people go about doing the same thing they always did? Well, there's certainly been more online, and, and, and uh, I've been preaching, uh, I think the theory is, that people want to buy a car and not be sold a car. So we've, we've developed some software where you can go online, get pricing. That same tool is used in our dealerships now. So when you come in, it's, it's the same process, but allows people to jump in and off. Uh, certainly the visits to the dealerships are way down. I, I found that our, our good salespeople are selling more cars now uh, on a monthly basis because they're driving their database. And we're, out, we're making compelling offers to customers. There's a pent-up demand. People have been saving money. Like uh, people normally save in Canada. I just saw this Bank of Canada uh, number. You used to be able to save about 5% of your income. Now it's 21%. So people, when they have some money, when they come buy a car, they want to buy an up level. They're going to higher trims. So it, this is an astounding fact to me. I didn't. I picked this up just to get announced in January. The average price of the car was $42,000, about 30,000 pounds. A year before, it was $6,000 less. So the price of a car has gone up 20,000, uh, sorry, gone up $6,000, about 20%. And I think there's three factors in there. One is there's no manufacturing incentives. They, they just, there's no need. It's a pent up demand. And of course, shortage of supply right now with this microchip issue and COVID issues of manufacturing. Sure supply, there's a pent-up demand. Um, people are going up in trim level, so they're buying a more expensive car, and we've been able, most importantly, to hold more gross. We're getting about mm, 15 to 20% more gross uh, up front in a vehicle when we sell it now. So those things all combine to, to make, and I just saw numbers of the U.S. yesterday, that in the U.S., profits last year, every dealership was, on the average, up about 48%. So I think... Is an opportunity to make some money. Steve, when we put together this uh, webinar on this topic, we thought we'd get some interesting learnings, and, and certainly we are. Thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's cross to Ireland and say good afternoon to Jonathan Mead from Hutton and Mead. Jonathan, in the same way, could you just introduce a little bit your business and, and explain um, how you fit into the um, Irish market? Sure, we uh, were an independent uh, Hyundai dealer uh, in Dublin, um, doing reasonably good volumes of about 44 staff. Um, lockdown last year, uh, we closed on the 20th of March. Uh, we're lucky enough that in the after sales, we had some service contracts with government agencies, 
So we were able to keep a small number of staff uh, in the building, which meant during the first lockdown, we were able to prepare the building for reopening, which actually was about uh, the middle of May last year. And a bit like Steve said, the the uh, demand, uh, there was an appetite for people to buy cars, obviously couldn't travel. Uh, and the, the business just relit uh, within about a week of returning. Um, we've had two other lockdowns since, and the current lockdown happened in uh, first week in December, or first week in January. So we have uh, January 1 number plate. We had pre-sales for November, December. Thank God we had a lot of business built up in the background. So when we came back in January, we were back to a lockdown with click and deliver for cars that were sold at that stage. But we now have click and sorry, click and collect for cars that were sold, but click and deliver is now what we need to do. So um, it's been really interesting. Like last March, we had a website just about to go and we could pull it early, uh, put some new features to it, which meant in uh, the digital world, it became a much more useful tool. Um, and I'm quite surprised at how we, we've been dealing with um, retail sales from a, a, a digital point of view. You know, I'm 40 years in the business. I would have thought that, you know, not too many people would buy a car sight unseen, you know, physically. Um, it's happened uh, and it happened remarkably. And I chatted with somebody recently, I think the use of auto VHC in the last couple of years and maybe uh, tools to send on videos to customers sitting at home have prepared all our customer base for this kind of selling unbeknownst to us, click uh, on send a video and we have business. It's, it's remarkable. So have you seen any any of the challenges in terms of you, you mentioned, you know, at the start of it, you it was about securing your staff and making sure you had business to move forward. Have you had to make any further cuts or have you been able to sustain that and, and remain in a good position coming out of, of, of the lockdown? You know, we have everybody on site uh, working at the moment and uh, new car sales. So new cars up to the end of February were very buoyant. Uh, we had a VAT change last September. The government got 2% VAT off the uh, VAT rate. It came back at the end of February. So we've good registrations. What I think is happening with the new car business now, uh, we can't test drive. And I think we have a lot of new products. As I said, we're here the dealer. So we new Tucson, uh, exciting looking car. But Conquest business would be difficult with uh, selling new product because people can't test drive it. So the, the industry in Ireland yesterday have launched a campaign to inform the government we're ready to open when they're ready, trying to promote that, you know, we may have some outdoor, you know, a lot of our business are outdoor, uh, cars are on forecourt, so we could realistically in the next phase bring people to dealerships to look at cars and maybe test drive. So, yeah, the, there has been some change. And, and are you are you in a phase of um, building up, trying to develop that pent up demand? So are you are you investing a lot in online and, and in advertising to support it? No, we've done that, uh, Al. So we, we spent the last twelve months getting to the phase, so that in the third lockdown we have a full staff on site, full sales team. So new car sales team, used car sales team, all operating at max levels. Like we, our numbers this year are similar to last year. Um, now, there is a change this year in the new car market. It's down 20 odd percent uh, in March, where um, it was above uh, January 2019 this, or 2020 this year, uh, and January. So it's back about 13 percent, but March is, is, is dropping fairly rapidly. And we think that's due with A, VAT, and B, we can't get new people to the showroom. 
Stay with us, Jonathan. Thanks. I'd, I'd like to turn now to Dash, uh, Dash Gupta, Chief Executive Marshall. Um, Dash, hear, hearing there from um, colleagues across the world and, and reflecting back on, on what a year it's been in the UK, um, how's lockdown three? Because unfortunately, we've been, we've been here a couple of times. How do you think it's differed from the, the first two lockdowns, um, particularly from your perspective, with such a reach across the UK? Sure. I think the first thing I'll just say is really fascinating listening to uh, to my colleagues uh, in Ireland, uh, Canada in particular, and I think particularly listening to Steve. I mean, the similarities in terms of mindset, in terms of you know how you're going to come through on the other side. Very, very interesting listening to that, and same listening to uh, Jonathan's observations. But I mean, in answer to your question around lockdown three, I think um, you know it, it's almost been like um, I guess you know we're. It, coming towards the end of March. I mean, I'd say lockdown three has almost been lockdown 3A, which was January, lockdown 3B, which was February, and lockdown 3C, which is March. Uh, I think 3A, January, was bloody horrible, quite frankly. Uh, I mean, I, and so much so, I think I said to uh, my colleagues internally, I don't think we experienced COVID-19 in lockdown one or two. Um, and I think really what... Uh, many of us experienced when you looked at the numbers that we were seeing in terms of uh, new infections and the um, sad loss of life that we were seeing in the country. I, I think 3A was very tough. And if I look at our business, uh, at uh, its peak, we had around 470 people off, either with COVID or having to uh, to isolate because they'd been pinged, et cetera. So that clearly has a significant impact on the business. But uh, up until that period, we hadn't really had any major issues. I mean, we had a couple of dealerships in particular that were impacted at a local level, but nothing you know, that really hurt us across the group. But January was very difficult for sure. I think as you started to see the numbers come down uh, towards the back end of January going into February, uh, I think a lot of people came back off that isolation period. Uh, the numbers were generally less. So, you know, our operations had a lot more resource because obviously people weren't impacted by the uh, pandemic uh, and it started to pick up. And again, I think you can see that with the data uh, that we've seen in the SMMT. So yes, you know, kind of year to date, it's down 38% to the end of February. But I think what's going to be fascinating now as you kind of go in through to March, and particularly, you know, given today's the anniversary of the UK lockdown, uh, you know, clearly people are going to see significant increases year on year, uh, probably from about, I guess, 10 days ago. I mean, certainly if I look at our business, uh, you know, we we didn't start to see anything material until maybe two weeks ago. You know, and in fact, uh, it was interesting. We announced our results on the 9th of March. And I remember last year, uh, one of the things we have to do as a public company is give an outlook statement. And, uh, you know, we were watching the data and we, we hardly saw any decline at all going into our results a year ago. Uh, but it was it was all that week where we started to see the numbers start to come down. So I think, uh, you know, you are going to it's going to be fascinating to see how March pans out. And I know lots of people have got different views as to how the March market's going to pan out. In fact, I was chatting to some colleagues just last week, and there's there's a huge, you know, variety in terms of where they think. I think the person who called it uh, least was minus 15 is what they're expecting on on March. Um, uh, whereas I think it'll be positive. I think it'll be double digit positive uh, in terms of March. So I think um, I'm pretty optimistic. Um, then again, I generally am, as you know, Al. Uh, but I, I do think, you know, I think trading is generally positive from what we can see today, and I think it's got better as the quarters moved on to from sort of 3A, 3B and 3C. Um, but overall, 
Um, you know, we certainly did feel it, as I said, in January, uh, but I'm, I'm in, I think we're in a much better position now. Uh, and certainly some of the comments that uh, Steve had talked around in terms of supply being a challenge, uh, you know, margins increasing, uh, all of those sort of characteristics and dynamics that we're seeing. And again, I think the other big thing will be what happens, are we going to see, a, are we going to see another bounce uh, in uh, in Q2 when we when we hopefully reopen our operations on the 12th of April? That will be the million dollar question, I guess, for a lot of people. You're watching Auto Retail Live, a profit briefing in partnership with Rapid RTC. Conversation here, looking at reopening um, after lockdown. Dash, you mentioned there 3A, 3B, 3C. Really interesting. Uh, not my line, but somebody came up with a line that January was really tough. It felt like 31 Mondays back to back. Um, it, it really did feel, it felt like a hard time. But um, let's take a look at some of that consumer behavior because we're bringing here Pontus, Pontus Risker um, from Rapid RTC. Pontus, you've got some data, and I think you've been looking at the three markets we're talking about here Canada, UK, and Ireland. Um, what was consumer behavior looking like um, over the last year? Hi. Um, first, first, I'd like to just you know take my hat off and, and give a nod to the three three um, gentlemen for having worked through this past year with all these different variations. I just sit here and listen to that and take it all in. It's uh, it's fascinating. So, yeah, we can we can share a little bit about the data trends that kind of have have gone along with this year that we've just been through and you should be able to see that on the screen right now and almost kind of it's quite a lot, lot there i'm almost just want to leave it there for a moment for you to kind of take in but effectively what we've done here is our data insights team has plotted the inquiries the digital inquiries per retailer and 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 just track these levels so that they become comparable as we've gone through the past, we're well, starting here on the graph from January 2020, uh, now now to well, basically today in in March, and um, I, I, I guess you know you look at that and you see a, kind of a familiar story that we we all know that we lived through. We we had uh, different levels of lockdown announced in in March 2020, and and quite soon afterwards the the inquiry levels uh, reduced, but then. As you can see in all markets, relatively soon, so maybe add a month or so, these trends start to, to increase. And um, we've seen this in, in a few cases where during periods of uncertainty, uh, these top inquiry levels will, will reduce. But as we get some, 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 some more clarity into what's going to happen, whether it's, it's, if it's inter interpreted as good or bad, we saw some of that with Brexit here in the UK, and these inquiry levels start to start to increase. So you can see here that all three markets then, as relatively soon after the lockdowns, they hit a, a sort of a bottom and then they start increasing. And, and we got, had mentioned a few times there of, of, of pent up demand and, and, and this, this, this graph really kind of between April and, and June highlights some of that increasing demand that consumers are starting to direct towards the, the retailers through digital channels. And then we were able to sort of materialize that as we were able to start trading again during the, the summer period. You can see here that the, um, during the summer, the, the, we almost plateaued in a level of relatively high level of inquiries. And then we saw a dip again towards the, the, the latter part of the year, as, as again, there was some uncertainty in terms of the second waves breaking off. But, but as you now look at the last quarter now in, in 2021, you'll see that these Trend lines are again um, pointing upwards. So, so the markets are in some level of restrictions, 
uh, obviously you know, UK and, and, and Ireland are, are very closely sort of locked down. And, um, and, and these inquiry levels are increasing again. Now, some of this demand that's coming to the businesses has now been, been fulfilled because of the online retail channels that are available. But again, you know, like Dash, I'd like to take a sort of a positive view on it. I, I would hope that this is a sign of some of this pent-up demand again um, coming, coming our ways as we start opening up again, certainly here in England in, in April. Interesting, interesting view there. If um, we had a couple of comments, people, if if you're trying to look at the slide, you can go to slide view um, on the webinar. The slide will leave um, in the background, and you can you can drag across the vertical bar or the horizontal bar to increase the uh, increase the size um, of that. So Pontus, you know, interesting. Is past performance a guide to future uh, um, uh, trends? Do, do you think this will be a, a cyclical um, approach, or, or or do you think that was a one-off and and we're we're kind of going to take more normal trends from here on forward? Uh, it's a great question. So th this, this year has not been like, let's say, if you compare 2020 to 2019, these curves look very, very, very different. Um, there's, there's some seasonality in these curves for sure. Um, but if you compare the UK chart, which is a bit of a roller coaster there during the first half of the year in particular, that was a much more flatter line. On a cumulative basis in the UK, um, we actually saw 22% more digital inquiries than in 2020 compared to 2019. So it's, it's, it's an indicator of the fact that maybe because the other channels were, were more restricted, that, that there was more digital inquiries coming through. Now, I would expect and, 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 and anticipate that this, this trend line during the whatever now sits in front of us, let's say the next 12 months, should be returning to a more sort of traditional level. But, but ultimately, one would also expect that digital inquiries are going to remain on a higher level just because that's how we've now become used to making inquiries and because of the, the retailers have made some, such tremendous changes in, all, in, in being able to support these channels. Steve, can I come to you? We, we've had, got some questions starting to come through now. Um, from JLR Jaguar Land Rover. Um, thanks for your for your question, um, Ellis. Steve, perhaps for you, it, it, making the point here about even after the, the showrooms are open, do we think that the online sale, perhaps we need to define what we mean by online sale, um, will become even more popular over the coming years? So has, that, has the gate now opened and there's no turning back? Uh, yes and yes. Um, we are Jaguar Land Rover dealers. <laughs> um, Please send us some more vehicles. We can sell them and we can get them. Um, but um, what's happened, you know, people are more, certainly more prone to go online. I, I don't know if you're going to have as many people sitting in their living room, clicking and buying a vehicle. But what we're finding is there's certainly more people engaging in that process. And somewhere it's like a highway, we call it omni-channel, where they come on and off. Uh, they'll come into show, your showroom at different points, and you have to be able to pick them up exactly where they are in the buying process. You can't go back to the old days of come with me and you know what are you looking for. It's like where are you today? How can I help you? And they can go home and do some more stuff and come back. So all this online isn't just buying a car right now. It's the whole process, and people are going to be comfortable at different points coming on and off. And that's what that's what, how your system has to be designed to work. And, and is that a change in systems for you? Because that's been one of the challenges, hasn't it? You you go on a 
I don't know, a manufacturer's website and you spec a car and then you try to go to the dealer. And it's the a dealer different goes, price. Well, look, hey, I, I, I don't know what you did. <laughs> yeah, it's a different price. And, and, and we've got a tool. We're about this far away. We've launched it where you can go online, your lease price, your purchase price, your finance price is exactly the same there in your living room as when you walk into our dealership. And the plan is that when you come into the dealership, the salesperson takes you to that tool online. So you pick up where you are and we're using the same tool. It's a challenge to get that right because of all the programs and we have different manufacturers and all the incentives changing all the time, bank financing, all those things make it difficult, but it is possible. And I think that's where the world is going. You're watching Auto Retail Live, re preparing to reopen the showroom. Um, comments and questions, you're more than welcome. Please feel free. Um, you can type them in the chat box uh, and they come through to us. You can also use the hashtag ARN Live uh, if you're joining us and participating on social media. Um, let's turn again to Jonathan um, uh, in Ireland. Jonathan from, from Hutton and Mead. Similar question to, to Ellis's, but Robert Walker, um, it, slightly different about the car buying public being comfortable. What's your experience from, from an Irish perspective in terms of that digital buying um, process? You did mention earlier that, you know, you've been surprised by the fact people were prepared to buy unseen, um, but do you expect them to go back to wanting to, to have the face-to-face -face experience and not going back online? Well, we came out of lockdown in November, early November. So our pre-selling season for 2021 is November, December. So we had people back in the showroom. Uh, I suspect for new vehicles, there's always going to be that idea that people will come in. Um, but the closing ratios are much tighter. So I presume with COVID and uh, other reasons that people are staying away from buildings unless they need to be in. However, if we send a text campaign out for service customers, our phones will light up because all of a sudden we, we are currently in a 5K restriction. So people want to get out of the house, want to come visit somewhere else that they haven't been for a long time. I suspect when we open back up a little bit that people will probably tend to migrate a little bit more to visiting dealerships than they currently uh, did for the first while. But I think that digital journey, we, we've provided something for customers that they've been probably looking for for a long time and we haven't been as good at delivering and uh, we now are i think we're going to have two types of salespeople into the future so maybe we can see there is some good some windfall some benefit to come out of um, this awful situation we've been uh, working through dash um question if i can come to you actually from paul adji um from toyota gb hi paul thanks for your um question uh, how are you creating more sales capacity to cope with the expected, uh, hoped for, surge in customer demand? Hi, Paul. Thanks for the question. I think uh, I think the interesting thing is how big is this bounce going to be? I think if we, uh, and it's funny, we were having a conversation with our team literally a week or so ago saying, uh, you know, we want to be in a position where we can get all of our people back. ASAP, and we don't have that many on furlough anyway. We've got about 4,000 colleagues, we've got about 300 on furlough, so about 7.5%, and I think uh, by the end of this week, we'll probably only have about a couple of hundred people back, but we're, we're gearing up for uh, what hopefully will be opening on the 12th. Uh, we're also saying, should we be putting more resource in in terms of additional execs, et cetera, because clearly you always do tend to see some uh, turnover in that uh, uh, line of uh, role. 
so I think certainly we are looking to put more resource in right now ahead of that. Uh, I think in terms of what do I think the bounce will look like, it's really hard to uh, predict. But I think you know we, the dynamics last year were were quite unique because remember, obviously we were 100% close for that last week of March, busiest week of the business month. We were only uh, we were down. 97% uh, as an industry in April and then down 89%. So clearly you've got all of that push that's coming through into uh, June, which is what we all experienced. Clearly the market's not as down uh, this time around. To the, end of, uh, to the end of February, we're down sort of 38%. Uh, March is gonna be fascinating. Uh, I, I believe it will be double digit up. I really do. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's 20, 25% up. Um, so it'll be fascinating to see, see where that, uh, that lands. Um, I think the other thing we have to consider around what sort of bounce are we likely to see is one of the sort of anxieties I have is around after sales because, of course, you know, in particular, MOTs were deferred uh, into uh, the second half of the year. Um, so uh, the same will have also happened with service work. So do you have a situation where because a customer had their car stamped uh, in June or July when they should have had their car serviced in April, are they automatically, because they haven't been in the mileage, revert into the same period in 2021 so that's that's something we're focusing on in terms of making sure we've got a lot of marketing going out there and our, our business development centers are out doing outbound calls now to try and uh, fill april and may so i do think sales will be busy i think our sales is the one that uh, we've got to watch in particular and, and how does that pan out for the rest of the year because i mean <clears throat> You always a very positive view of the market, quite rightly too, because you've got a good team to deliver it. Is there is there kind of this opportunity to make up for lost sales? Do you think that there's sufficient demand and supply to be able to pull back the year? I think so. I mean, I'm I'm very optimistic. As I said, you know, if I look at where we were in three A, I think everybody recognises, you know, January was tough for many many people, and you could see that in the market data. Um, you know, and then it started to strengthen in, in February, and it's you know it's reasonably good. I mean, I'm I've been I'm amazed how we're transacting, quite frankly. And I think one of the things, um, just listening to the dialogue around, uh, are we going to go back to physical sales? I think there there is a lot of customers who I mean, I, I know lots of people personally who want to buy cars, but they simply will not buy until they've test driven the car, which you know is understandable because it's a significant investment that they're making. I think. The other thing uh, what COVID has done for us is it's made us really improve our digital proposition. So, you know, we, we have invested very heavily in our digital proposition, be that, you know, um, you know, simple stuff like, you know, we always had live chat, but we now have 24-7 live chat. And, okay, whilst we don't have that many uh, people coming on at 3 o'clock in the morning, we do. Uh, we, we implemented £99 reserve online. We've sold 500 cars on that in a matter of three months. Uh, now, you do see a higher cancellation rate when people are coming through that channel because clearly they still want to see the car, et cetera. Um, but, you know, we've now got uh, uh, Marshall buy your car. Uh, we've now got a 14-day um, uh, money-back guarantee, no quibble, uh, which, again, is there designed to give consumers a lot of confidence. And whilst we've had some cars come back for all sorts of weird and wonderful reasons, my, my two favorites are the car's too big for my garage, and you think, well, why didn't you... And under normal circumstances, you would never take that car back. But uh, of course, in this situation, we've said we're going to give you a 14-day money-back guarantee, no quibbles, and, and we've obviously brought the car back. And my other favourite is where the customer said the car's too powerful for uh, my partner to drive. And then when you look at what the car's coming back, it's an Audi RS3. And think, well, why did you buy an RS3 in the first place? So whilst you've got some cars coming back, what you don't know, and not a huge number, it's only been about 13 so far, what you don't know 
is how many extra cars have you sold because you're providing that reassurance and confidence that a customer can buy a car online, which is something we never would have done previously as if it wasn't for the pandemic. So we will keep all of the good stuff that we've learned. Um, I do think there's going to be a combination um, moving forward because today these customers are forced to buy this way because they have no other choice other than to buy this way and recognize that many of our customers are in an event-driven tr transaction, so which is a PCP. So if you look at our business, 83% of our customers uh, for our new car channel is um, are in PCP. So they've got to do something at the point of the contract ending. So they they have no alternative other than to transact like this. Would they transact like, like this if uh, showrooms were open? I'm not so sure. That I'm sure there will be some people who will say, do you know what, last time I bought through the pandemic, it was a good service and I was quite comfortable with it. And I think in particular, new cars, people will have more confidence to buy uh, online than they will with used. So I think you're going to see uh, a bigger uptick of people who will carry on buying this way. But I also think a lot of people will still want to feel, touch, drive, have the sensation of driving the car. And it's a pleasurable experience because it's a significant purchase for them. This is the Auto Retail Live Profit Briefing. We're looking at the preparations underway to open the showroom. Um, great conversation. You're welcome, of course, by the way, if you've got a tip, um, something you've learned and you'd like to share um, here on the webinar today, that would be great. And if there are colleagues um, in your business or friends who you think would find it interesting to pick up and hear some of the comments we've heard today, uh, you will be able to see the link afterwards and share that um, on Capture. I'd like to hear from Pontus now, um, Perhaps digging a little bit more into interacting with customers here, because your business principally, Bondus will includes um, tracking. You know the efficiency of people, inquiries coming in, um, how the retailer responds and, and moves back. So, because we've had a digital time, digital heavy time, people haven't been physically going in. What are the trends? What's been happening in terms of behaviour in the showroom, Bondus? Have, have, have dealers become more responsive and more efficient in man managing those calls? Big question. We talk about that for a long time, but um, there, for sure, there, there, there's been changes, uh, numerous different changes. We saw during last year an, a number of retailers implemented, um, let's call them digital specialist teams, where where sales sales team members who maybe previously had a more generic task were identified as part of sort of digital response units who would who would focus on inquiries coming from these these directions. Um, I I always always say that the key with the with the digital communications is to make sure that the personality shines through, and and it, that it doesn't become a a transactional conversation just because it's digital because it doesn't have to be. And I think I think these learnings of last year with you know teams and Zoom calls etc has made everybody much more comfortable in sort of expressing themselves through video and what have you. It's a great way to put personality across in these communications. Nothing replaces a face-to-face -face conversation once we can finally see each other and and, and actually you know, converse in in that way. But 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 there's there's been incredible learnings during the year in terms of how to how to how to be able to sort of handle a the communication process during the sales uh, event at the, at the distance through these different kind of tools. And uh, yeah, probably one of the biggest changes has been these numerous different kinds of uh, digital response units that, that have taken place. Um, we haven't seen a tremendous um, change in response times as we've gone through last year. And that again is, is, is for me a, a significant reflection of 
just adaptability of, of retailers to be able to go from you know one two hundred and fifteen percent increase in inquiry levels in two months and to still keep response quality and times at the kind of level that, that you can't see a material difference that that's some doing and again and some as if I repeat and hats off to everybody who's gone through this process because it's been a tremendous year. I've got a quick question from Reese Merrifield from uh, In Ocean. Hi, Reese. Uh, and I'm going to jump first of all to Steve in Canada and then to Jonathan in Ireland. Um, because Reese's question is interesting. He was saying, have Irish and Canadian consumers shifted away from public transport? Because there has into used cars. That has happened in the UK. Now, I don't know. Um, let's start with you, Steve. Have you seen a shift away from public transport? Absolutely. Absolutely. People uh, are concerned about public transit. And our public transit system here in Winnipeg is mainly buses, but people don't want to ride them. Uh, you look at the capacity, and they're probably down about 15% uh, of normal capacity, maybe 20% normal capacity. So that's what we're seeing. Jonathan, how about you? Same in Ireland? Yeah, similarly, we um, we have a, a bus and, and tram train system within Dublin. Uh, transport outside of Dublin is, is uh, limited, but a lot of people going for. So we did a, a 99 euro deal on, on small cars at the middle of last year uh, and there was a reasonably good take up on it. Um, I mean, that, that concern of, of having vehicles that are sanitized, you know, so that, you know, we, we use a system here, uh, but from an after sales and sales. So you can you can see that people don't want to be sitting in public transport. Yeah, absolutely. Dash, does that mean uh, a question actually follow up from Nick Stones? Hi, Nick. Um, does that mean the demand for cheaper used cars um, is has increased? Are you seeing that people may be flipping from public transport into cheaper used cars? Yeah, we've, we've seen that. I mean, there's this huge amount. I mean, you look at what's happened to pricing last year. I mean, you know, used cars went up in value 8.1 percent. I mean, it's remarkable. Um, and whilst you know November and December did see a bit of a dip uh, around the uh, the November lockdown, uh, actually. Uh, you know, it's, it's been pretty robust. And I think it's it not just the loss of confidence in uh, public transport, it's also the, an increase in first-time drivers as well. I mean, there was this time in the summer uh, where the queue to get a driving test was 200,000 long, you know, because I think a lot of uh, parents want their kids to not use Uber and things like that. So I think particularly at that lower end, there's a huge demand. But that said as well, if we look at, you know, we, we've got a significant premium brand uh, portfolio, and if I look at the demand within some of our brands, I mean, Steve, uh, Steve mentioned Jaguar Land Rover earlier. I mean, if I look at our Land Rover businesses, I mean, they are, you know, on absolutely booming at the minute. So, uh, I think all segments of the market are, are particularly strong from what we're seeing, particularly used cars. And I think that's that's set to continue into Q2. I would imagine. I think there's going to be a real challenge around getting hold of stock, in particular. Our time is nearly up, um, uh, so I'd like to just walk around the virtual table um, and invite each of uh, our guests today to share a thought, um, a tip, something to take away from our conversation. Lots to take away in terms of thinking, but let me start in Ireland uh, with Jonathan. Um, thank you for joining us. What, what would your tip to leave with us today be? Um, well, I thought it was interesting what what Dash had said about the the return cars. You know, people who've been buying digitally for years, so buying online, uh, have always had the ability to buy something, try it. If they don't like it, return it. And he's saying about somebody buying a car, not bothering to check the size of the garage. The consumer is changing. 
and absolutely for the for the uh, long term. But I, uh, what Steve said, Steve said about uh, joining in on the sales process. There is something we need. To, so we're a small independent dealer. We we live on the floor, so I, I'm on the sales floor most days. Um, and where we meet customers into the future will be somewhere in the journey uh, that they've been, as opposed to, like he said, walking in and starting the process from scratch. So we're going to need to do a little bit of work on that, I think. Get into the journey wherever you can. Steve, what's your thought from Canada? Look after your people. Um, they are, um, it's been a challenge. Everybody's been a year, everybody's mentally strained. We're trying to celebrate anything we can, have fun, um, whatever we can do, uh, especially we've been trying to celebrate people's families. So we've been sending um, dinners home to people. If we win an award or the top store in our group, we get buy everybody in the store dinner for the whole family. April, I, this is a hard fact, simple fact, more suicide in April than any month of the year. So that was a surprising fact to me, but we've been really working hard on keeping our people healthy, especially mentally healthy. Pontus, thoughts from uh, Rapid RTC? I, I would just agree with the previous points as well. And, and, and just to add to that, we, you know, we're preparing ourselves to open the doors again for the showrooms here in, in, in England. And uh, with that now, customers can come in and, and, and touch and feel and, and, and try the products before they buy. And my, my, my real one primary kind of suggestion is that I, I do believe that digital channels will continue being used in the future quite heavily as we've done in the last year. And, and with that is, is this sort of additional challenge to keep a consistency of experience, uh, regardless of which channel the customer is using, whether they're coming to, to, the, to the store or phoning in or chatting or sending inquiries to just keep a nice consistent channel to the communication so the customer always has that feel of, okay, I know which business I'm working with because regardless of which channel they've used. Consistency of communication, you've made it too easy for me because I'm going to talk about Dash now. If you're on Twitter, have a look at Dash Gupta. Just find him on Twitter. Um, he's charming and entertaining in, in his conversation. And for several days now, he's been running a countdown. Today is 20. Uh, and it's a picture of a Manchester United football shirt. He's counting down to the showroom coming open. Uh, he's living and working and walking the talk uh, on social media as we look forward to reopening the showroom. So, Dash, I'm going to give you the final word. And thank you for keeping us entertained and communicating with us. What's your advice as we reopen the showroom? Well, day 19 tomorrow is what, going to be one of my favorites, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, I think I've, I've got three things. One, uh, people. You know, we are people obsessed in Marshall, you know, where we've got great reputation as an employer. Um, uh, we won Employer of the Year last year within the industry, uh, you know, seven years in a row, best UK workplace, 11 years in a row, great place to work, status. So people, 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 people are your most valuable asset. So what are you doing to make a positive impact on that? The second thing I would say is positive mindset. If you are in a management position or you're in a leadership role, what are you doing to make a positive impact on your people every day. When was the last time you said thank you, well done? Because you know some of our people are working really hard, and it's not the easiest environment because of the circumstances in which we're operating. So mindset and how you're impacting others as a leader. Uh, and the final thing would be inquiry management. You know, uh, inquiry management. There are lots and lots and lots of people out there wanting to buy cars. Uh, you know, this is a bit, uh, in our business. You know, we're obsessed, obsessed with beating the market and beating our competition and stealing market share. It's something we've done every single year. You saw our results two weeks ago, we beat the market double digit. So they're the three things, people, mindset, 
inquiry management. They're the three tips for me. This has been Auto Retail Live. Our thanks to uh, Steve Chipman from Birchwood Automotive Group in Winnipeg, Canada, to Jonathan Mead, um, Hutton and Mead in Ireland, Dash Gupta, uh, Chief Executive of Marshall Motor Holdings, and Pontus Risker from Rapid RTC. On behalf of Tristan, our editor, and Guy at the controls, thank you for joining us, and we wish you all the best as the showrooms reopen in 20 days' time.